Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. This is a weekend preview ahead of Saturday's racing at Newbury and at Warwick. I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Holding as we go through the Newbury card and we have a quick look at Warwick as well. Andy, how are you doing? Pretty good. Sounds like I'm a little bit better than you. You're still struggling. Uh, I have been ill for four months, pretty much. Like rather than getting better, you just get a bit better, but then you get back to being ill again. Um, so yeah, as I say, it's the, the one thing they don't tell you about fatherhood is that your child is a vessel for colds, and that is where yeah. I am now. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very much in uh, in sympathy with you. Um, yeah, I've had that for the last sort of six, seven years. So uh, yeah, it, 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 your immune system takes a while to um, build build up the right uh, defenses. <laughs> What's crazy now is that my normally it's all of us are ill, but at the moment my daughter's not even ill. She's fine, and I'm ill, so I don't know how that's happening. But um, anyway, we'll we'll get there eventually. Just bring on the summer. That's uh, all I yeah, can say. Indeed. Yeah, well, we got a you know a brilliant weekend or a brilliant Saturday card at Newbury, uh, including the Dem and Chase. Uh, we've of course got the Game Spirit and also the, the Betfair Hurdle. We'll be going through all of those as well as the Kingmaker at Warwick as well. Um, before we get into the racing, just going to point the listeners and viewers in the direction of the Odds Checker app where you can find the best prices, bookie offers, free bets, place terms and the best tips is tips straight to the app every single morning across all sports. Um, Andy, before we get into the cards, I think we have to talk about the um, weather because it doesn't look very nice, does it? No, the uh, forecasters have got it right. Um, it's currently sort of sleeting outside my windows here up in North Wales. Uh, as I speak, I've got the TV on and Luke Harvey is the roving reporter for ATR. It's covered in snow at Doncaster. Um, doesn't look too bad there. It's just like a light dusting on the top. Um, Newbury has had quite a significant amount of rain um, for the uh, values of this podcast. A good friend of mine lives literally right by the racetrack and he said, at best, it'll be soft, probably even be heavy come the weekend, given the forecast. So I think I've, I've had to, like a lot of punters now, factor in that into the equation when assessing some of these races which look totally different to what they were perhaps early on in the week when we were looking at good ground yeah indeed well i'm in london and it's probably the worst possible weather to be ill in where my feet are wet it's horrible outside it's not very nice and the forecast is going to carry on like this so we have to um caveat you know all of this by you know, i'm sure andy you'll be looking for mudlocks in terms of the the horses you're going to be picking out but you know, with with the, the heavy ground that is likely uh, on Saturday, um, make sure you stake accordingly. I would say. Um, let's get into the opener now. There are no prices as of yet. We're recording this just after midday on Thursday, so just uh, an hour and a half or so after final decks. Um, we've got a novice hurdle the, in the twelve fifty five over two miles. No prices as it stands, Andy. But do any of them stand out on the on the numbers? Well, you'd have to probably make making headway favourites based on his overall form levels. Um, second in a grade to Haydock uh, beyond the Tamouras. And then I thought he ran respectively uh, in that race that was won by Django Blue, um, the old Tolworth hurdle, which has moved over to Aintree, of course, if you remember, of the Christmas period. And he, he finished fourth, um, probably been around 10, 15 lengths. Went well for a long way, kept on quite well, proved that he can handle a softish ground, testing ground, which it was on that occasion, and um, compete against a decent standard of opponents. I think he's definitely, like I say, got the best credentials based on that run. And I'm pretty sure that he'll end up running because you look at the other two or three in the market. I mean, Hastings will get his form boosted or not by a horse called Pick Rock, who runs in the first race as we speak today, the 12.55 at Doncaster. Ben Pauling's horse 
for second hasting at Catterick, um, form of which looks okay. I think it was an above average race for uh, Catterick purposes, but whether he's good enough to beat a horse like Making Headway, who's got form in grade one level, it is very much open to question. And then you get on to the other two big players, East India Express and Paraday. They've run in some nice novice hurdles. They both won and they both then got beat next time out. But the key to those two horses, I fear, is nice ground. Um, they both went well first time out and good, good to soft ground. And then they, well, they, I don't think that they bombed out necessarily. I thought both of them ran with respect, but the conditions um, at their respective next two races were a lot softer than what Connections would have want, wanted. Um, got a sneaky feeling that perhaps one of, one, of, one of those two, or if not both of those, might be withdrawn on Saturday if it went heavy, particularly Paladay off the flat, who wants genuine good ground. So the makeup of this race, as it stands at the moment, might look a little bit different come Saturday. And I wish I had the prices because um, it would give us um, a little bit more confidence whether to, to make something a, a definite bet at the odds we could um, interpret. Um, but yeah, either way, if I've got to put a selection up, it'd have to be making headway at this very moment in time, provided he's not too short, of course. What kind of price would you be expecting? I think it'd probably be, I think if Bookmaker's priced that race up now, he'd probably just be a shade of second favourite. I think they probably would go with Hastings, you know, sexy connection, John Joe, two ones by him, nice horse, improving, all that kind of jazz. Uh, whereas the other one, even though he's got a higher rating, might probably be second in. So it'd probably be around about the two to one. They'd probably be then seven to four Hastings, two to one, making headway, something like that. Let's get into where we the race where we do have prices, and we'll start with the handicap hurdle over three miles. Uh, the second race on the card, the one thirty. Young Butler is the eleven to two favourite ahead of G A Henty at thirteen to two. American Sniper is seven to one. Uh, Ikarak fifteen to two. Uh, Emma Tom eight to one. Oh, Hills are just come at prices that have completely changed this. So Emma Tom now eight to one. American Sniper nine to one. Uh, Ikarak nine to one. Equinus nine to one. Uh, Kintara ten to one. Uh, judicial law 11 to 1, 12 to 1 by those. Loads of really disagreement on the grids here where Kintara's 5 to 1 with Hills, 10 to 1 with 365, Ikarak 6 to 1 with, with Skybank, 9 to 1 with Hills. Where do you sit on, on, on this? Yeah, th th this race is very much one for the early birds who can spot the value in advance and kind of realize how the market might get corrected given the conditions on the day. Um, I think Kintara's definitely got to be a player that 10 to 1. That can't possibly last. I mean, he, you know, he got beat by Jeff Lloyd last time out. A strong stayer. That was a good race at Warwick. I remember doing the figures for that race. It came out well on the overalls. It was the fastest hurdle race on the on the on the clock. It was the fastest uh, overall circuit time, final circuit time. And you know, he only just went down by the skin of his teeth against a strong stayer at the trip. Um, I certainly wouldn't put you off him. But there is an even better bet. Um, that you've just mentioned there, as, as far as I could see at the prices. That's eight to one, William Hill going about Em and Tom. Now, the good thing about Em and Tom is uh, his form line is also just as good as Kintara, arguably, if not better. He, he got beat at Ludlow by a horse called St. Davy, who slipped through my net last week. Actually, I was annoyed because I fancied two in the race, um, one which I put up on my column, um, also Neil Mulholland's. And I was going to I was going to put the two up in the race and I didn't. Um, but that same day we clocked a big time when he won at Ludlow. It might just have looked an ordinary midweek race at Ludlow, but the time was good. Again, the circuit sectionals are really um, above average for the race of its nature. And um, Edmonton was the only one again in the race. They pulled well clear of the rest. Now looking at Edmonton's overall makeup again, he's another horse that likes soft ground, so that's not a problem. But he also loves Newbury, 
you look at his form figures there, I mean, when he was trained by Warren Great Trex, I think he won two of his three runs here for, for, for previous connections. Um, so adding everything up, ground conditions are likely to be very testing, suitability to the track, current form against a lot of other horses such as Young Butler, G.A. Henty. I don't think they've got strong enough form to be justifying them as being short price for, well, market leaders, let's say, on, uh, given the conditions. I'd have to say him and Tom is probably one of the standout bets of this podcast and we haven't even touched upon a few of the, uh, a few of the possibles further further down the line. So eight to one for him and Tom. If you can get that, then um, he'll definitely be sure to come the weekend. Yeah, four places as well with Hills. So you're, you're lucky out left, right and centre here. Uh, Emma Tom, eight to one. Yeah, short of six to one you know, with most other other firms on the grid. And Kintara, that 10 to one is with Skybet, uh, Paddy Power and the Betfair Sportsbook, Life Score Bet and a couple of others too. Well, I've just seen 365 come up, 12 to one. Um, so even bigger there for, for Kintara. Uh, On to yeah. the... Yeah, I mean, I get, yeah, yeah, I mean without labouring a point. Yeah, I think, I think William Hill... Are, and Unibet are probably more in line with Kintara five. He'll be, he'll be somewhere between five and seven to one, and Emin Tom will probably be about five to one as well. So you can back them at twelve to one and eight to one respectively. Each way, yeah, you, you can't go wrong with either one of those two. Great stuff. Uh, on to the Betfair Demon Chase now, uh, where Shishkin is the eight to eleven favourite ahead of Protector at five to two. Hitman twelve to one. Sam Brown twenty five to one. Does he know twenty eight to one? And Andy, where do you sit on Shishkin? You know. As an eight to eleven prospect, having refused to run and then unseat when running an absolute cracker on Boxing Day, you know, would you be going in at this price at where you'd think you know, if he lines up, goes and runs the way that he did on Boxing Day, that there shouldn't be too many issues? Well, the first thing to say, this this race has been a little bit of banana skin for short price favourites over the years. Yes, we've had the likes of Clan Zobo and Native River, but we've also had shocks, including this race last year. If you remember when Zanza won at sixteen to one, um, and and a few others to mention um the things with, with, with shiskin it's because of that refusal first time out that's always at the back of your mind as a punter do i get involved at 8 to 11 or do i take a shorter price once i know he jumps off and um you know you, you could take sort of four to seven four to six in running that would be my strategy um not sure whether this is a podcast is an advocate for in running betting but there'll be players <laughs> out, players out there who don't take fixed odds and they don't they do like to um, you know, do, do the in-running stuff. So I'd, I'd probably recommend that if you are going to back Shiskin, because there's no doubt that he would have won the King George had he not unseated Ryder. So he, he's shown both sides of his character this season. The refusal first time out, which is obviously worrying, but then, you know, he showed no recalcitrance at all at Kempton last time out. And he, he looked happy horse. He, he bobbed along in front and you know, he looked happy as Larry. And I thought he had the race in safekeeping when he Unluckily, unseated. Right, let's face it. He jumped the fence, okay, and then he tripped over, didn't he? It was just one of those things. A bit of a Goshen moment. Um, he comes here fresh, and he likes the track. He likes new. He's won here before over fences, of course, or uh, albeit over two miles. And because he's like only got to go down the road as well, he'd like to think that a horse like that is a little, perhaps has to be mollycoddled a little bit nowadays. He's got the home comforts of having only you know nipping down the road five miles from Seven Barrows to here. I think that'll help his mental capacity. So, yeah, look, I just think he'll win if he jumps off. Um, protector out, he's definitely not quite as good as he was this time last year. He's still winning to a reasonable level, don't get me wrong. It was a good one last time. I got beat by um, Long Press, who's a top-class horse in his own right, and he's a, he's a contender anyway of sorts for the Gold Cup. But 
Shiskin is still capable of dining at the very top table. And I think if he is going to go to the Gold Cup himself, he'd need to be putting away horses like Hitman and Protector up. Do you see Shishkin as a genuine Gold Cup contender? Um, I, th- I think ten, in a, ten to one best price now. Yeah, you'd, you'd have to say so of, of, of sorts. He wouldn't be for me because there's too many risks attached. But would, if Shishkin was to win the Gold Cup, would I be absolutely flabbergasted? Absolutely not, because you know horses like that have a habit of coming back and bite you in the book backside. I, I've written off horses um, worse than um, Shishkin before, and, and, and they've. Um, come back from the dead almost. So, um, you know, let's face it, he, he would have won the King George at the ripe old age of 11 the other day. And sorry, yeah. Turner, beg your pardon, um, which um, doesn't look bad in the scheme of things, does it? And, and in, in the Gold Cup, where there's probably, you know, only a handful you could fancy gallop under Sean Faster Slow, Long Press, he, he's he's in that sort of Long Press category, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, interesting to see how Shishkin goes. Yeah, 10 to 1, best price of the Gold Cup as it stands, best price 8 to 11. Uh, for the Denman Chase uh, in the 205, that is with Paddy Power and the Betfair Sportsbook. On to the game spirit chase now. Uh, over an extended two miles, and Edward Stone is the seven to four favourite head of Boot Hill at nine to four. Editor Jeet seven to one uh, for Numble Savola, nine to one uh, Amarillo Sky, eleven to one, and uh, Calico eighteen to one. Six runners here, Andy. How do you see it? I see there being plenty of pace on here, and it's setting it up for the likes of Edward Stan and Butel. You've got Editor Jujit, and he knows one way running. Funibul Savola, similar comment to Ply, and, and, and uh, Calico as well, um, who likes to front run and really serve it up. So I think the three of them will probably take each other on. Um, and it'll be a question of which one of the two in behind, the class act of the race, as far as I could see, Edward Stone and, and Butel, who, who's got the the wherewithal to take advantage. I must admit with Edward Stone, I, I, I don't really know where we stand with him. I think I think we're getting to the point where it's almost D-Day with him. You know, the excuse manual's running a little bit thin. His first two runs have been perfectly respectable behind John Bond, of course. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But then last time out, was it the trip? Was it him himself? Was it a physical problem? Was it a mental problem? I don't know. He just didn't seem the same horse at Kempton. Um, so I'd always like to go with a, let's say, younger or almost one with fewer scars. I'm, you know, he's no spring chicken, Boo Hill. Um, he is a nine-year-old, but what I'm saying is I think he's had less mileage. Um, and I think he would have won the other day at Kempton had he stood on his feet. It was one of those ones where the race seemed to be panning out perfectly for him in the Desert Orchid. Editor G went off in front. And he was just stalking the pace going really easily. And given that they absolutely finished in a bit of a heap at Kempton, I'd, I would have been amazed if Boo Hill had won that and won it easily. He's very much a new kid on the block. He seems still to be improving as far as I could see. His first two runs were very good on the clock, beating you know a, a good standard of opponents. And like I say, this race should be set up absolutely ideally for him. More importantly as well, he likes the ground. So, yeah, I'd be more inclined to back Boot Hill at his respective odds around about 94 than Edward Stone um, at 7-4. Yeah, 9-4 Boot Hill. That is with William Hill. Uh, strong selection there for Andy in the 240. Uh, on to the Betfair hurdle now, the 315, where uh, a castle de Mott is the 5-1 favourite head of Alta Belly at 8-1. America Lord, 8-1. Look away, 12-1. Tell her the name, 12-1. Uh, Orinia Mill, 12 to 1, uh, 14 to 1, only a matter of time. Spirit Danu, 14 to 1, Brentford Hope, 14 to 1, Under Control, 14 to 1, 16 to 1, Bar, 
currently 25 in Andy, but you think this might cut up a little bit ground dependent. Um, what, who do you see as being suited to the conditions come Saturday? Yeah, I don't think there'll be too not many non-runners uh, because there's hundred grand in the in the kitty here. Um, you know, it's a top class race in its own right. You know, so I think, you know, yeah, there's the county hurdle further down the line, but who's to say it won't be heavy there, there as well. Um, so, you know, you might as well have a roll of the dice here and you haven't got to worry about quite a few more Irish horses coming into the mix. You have got a couple of Irish horses to worry about here, namely from the Willie Mullins stable, making it quite a difficult race to be dogmatic about because we don't really know how good a Castle de Mott is because he hasn't run in, uh, in Ireland and he's only got friends for him to sort of hang your hat on. I, I wouldn't be so convinced about the other one. Um, only a matter of time, at least we've had a few chances to look at him. Um, he's, he's obviously got a bit of a quirk because he's run out twice as well. So I, I wouldn't be entertaining him at the price. But given the ground's going to be heavy, we've got to make a decision of sorts here. And I'm, I'm falling down to the side on two here. Altabelli, the key to him is very much testing ground. I, I think more to the point that it slows the others down more than anything else. I think, I think when he ran at Ascot last time out, he couldn't go any faster if he tried. But he bust the gut to finish third that day, and Grant was too quick for him uh, beyond Lucia. Um, but you know he's he's proven that he can handle those hot hot Saturday handicaps with that run. Um, you know he was good on soft ground last year. Again, the ground at Angry when he was fancied for the for the Grade One there was too quick for him, and he, he just didn't look the same horse. Um, but he, you know he's had two nice runs in, in in the two best qualifiers this season. He's still lightly raced. Uh, and this sort of galloping track will really suit Altabelli. So he'd probably be my number one choice. And Gary Moore's got a rich tradition in this race. Um, you've got to go a little while back since he last won it, probably about five or six years ago. But prior to that, I think he'd won it a couple of more times before. So anything that Gary runs in this race and and, and say specifically for it, you've got to have it on your mind. And, and, and Spirit Donia was really good when he won at Sandown last time. Again, the key to him is really bottomless ground, which Sandown often provides. Uh, he clocked a good time when he won at the Asia track. And the form has worked out pretty well since. The likes of Punta del Est has won since. Um, and we've had all the horses out of the race who've not necessarily won, but they got placed. So, you know, I think it was a it was a more commendable effort than it appeared on the time. Of course, he's ridden by Callum Quid as well. He's become almost a, a bit of a go-to Saturday jockey, isn't he? More out of fences, of course, admittedly, than hurdles. But uh, he's riding out of his skin. So, yeah, that, in whittling it down, given the conditions on the day, I would Probably be looking at those two. Teller, the name would have been the other one I would have had a serious, serious look at. But I think he's more ground dependent than anything. I think he wants genuine good to soft ground, no worse, because he flopped at Angel when it was heavy. He was back on song when he was good at Huntingdon. And I think a flat track on decentish ground is what he wants rather than, or, or more, more predominantly going right-handed than perhaps what he, what he does going left-handed on a, on, on a bog. Yeah, um, yeah, tell her the name 12 to 1 as it stands, but as you say, question marks over the ground. Uh, Altabelli, best price 8 to 1, that's with Coral. Um, although both Skybet and Hills go to seven places already, uh, you can get 7 to 1, seven places there for Altabelli, 14 to 1, seven places with both funds as well uh, for Spirit Danu. Um, no prices in the last two, Andy, but have you got anything? We've got the, the bumper in the last, and we've got the uh, handicap chase um, in the penultimate race. Anything that the listeners and viewers should keep an eye on? Yeah, nothing necessarily in the bumper. I had a quick look at that this morning. I had a look at my figures, and there was nothing really that sort of stood out there. Uh, lots of nice horses, but couldn't make head or tail of it if I was being absolutely honest without looking at the betting. But the race before that is a chance, perhaps, for Inch House to um, 
let's say, regain his, his, his reputation a little bit. Um, and I don't want to be too detrimental to the horse last night. I, I fancied him at Cheltenham um, in that handicap one, in, eventually by Stumptown. But ultimately, I just don't think he handled the heavy ground. Now, that's obviously going to be a, a concern come the weekend. Um, if it was genuinely bottomless, even on the chase track, which can be better than the hurdle track at Newbury, I, I, I just don't think he's one for a real right slog in the mud. Um, I still think he's going to be a contender for the Ultima at the Cheltenham Festival. I've said on record that early on in the season when I was pinpointing horses to follow, he reminds me very much of Mongbeck Genius, who finished second in the Ultima last year to, to Corrick Rambler. And the fact that he ran at Cheltenham last time out was an indication to make connections of obviously giving him a chance to have a look at Presbury Park. This is the, the, the stepping stone uh, to go perhaps back to Cheltenham off the back of a good run. I think it run well. I think I think he nearly win, to be fair, on Saturday. Because um, I do think he's a good horse. And obviously, Newby suits him really well. He's already performed um, to a high standard there twice. So I'd be prepared to go with Inch House again with the asterisk next to his name of if it was heavy ground, I'd be a little bit more cautious than I would be at this stage. Yeah, Inch House, 25 to 1 with Unibet for the Ultima. Um, That's a massive price, by the way, that is that 25 to 1. That is, yeah, with Unibet, so yeah. maybe worth taking kind of 16, 14 uh, general market price. Um, over to Warwick, we'll just do three races at Warwick where we've got prices, starting with the 220, which is the uh, Mayor's Hurdle, where you wear it well, is the four to five favourite. Okay, that's a massive standout price with Hills. I mean, you wear it well is kind of eight to 15 market price, but four to five with Hills. Uh, Wind to the Lightning, seven to two, uh, Get a Tonic, five to one, Blue Beach, 66 to one. Yeah, it's one of those ones where you know, you look at it, you think it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, and it is really. I mean, you wear it well. You wear it well is just a different gear to this lot, isn't she? You know, she's a genuine sort of grade two horse at her absolute maximum. Obviously, you know, she's running grade one company. Won at the Cheltenham Festival. Um, I think it was a grade two. She won not a grade one. And, you know, getting beat by Marie's Rock the other day, there was no shame in that. They tried her over three miles experiment worked to a degree. I, I, I wouldn't say wholeheartedly she's an absolute out now three mile off the back of that because they did go quite slow. It meant that it became more tactical more than anything else. So her stamina really wasn't a question. I just think she got um, beat by a better horse on the day over the trip. Let, let, let's put it like that. Um, so connections have, are quite well within their rights to run 13 days later. Having found an ideal opportunity up against three mares that are, are very much not in her class. None of these will be winning at the Cheltenham Festival. They, you know, like to get a tonic and uh, win to the Lightning. So I'd have to say, yeah, I agree with you. The four to five with Hills um, does look fairly um, tempting. Yeah, four to five, I'd say best price. That is stand up. The next best in the market is eight to 13. And that's with Coral um, and uh, Quinbet. So yeah, that, that four to five is stand up. Will it still be there by the time this goes out? Um, the 255 now, the Veterans Handicap Chase. Uh, do your job as 11 to 4 favourite ahead of Diego de Charmel at 4 to 1. Fast Buck, 9 to 2. Riders on the Storm, 5 to 1. Uh, Le Legera uh, is 11 to 2. Champagne Mystery, 12 to 1. Broken Quest, 16 to 1. Okay. Um, upsteps, upsteps, you wouldn't believe this. The second best um, price that I'm going to put up on the Upstep yes, Of course, I believe it. Yeah, this is a really good bet here. This is Horse um, called Champagne Mystery. Um, he went massively into my notebook the other day um, at Cheltenham. He ran in that very good handicap on the Saturday. I was there that day on trials day. Um, and it was a race that, similar to a lot of the 
races on the chase track that day, if you recall, George, it was dominated by front runners. I like to in his destiny, Garlo was always handy uh, when he uh, when he won that handicap beating of Rodoto and, and the usual suspects in those kind of races. So I made a note of going back and looking at all the horses that caught the eye from the back of the field. I upgraded their efforts and made a note of wanting to be on, on them next time out. You go back and look at the run that Champagne Mystery put in that day. It was his first run for Tom George. His first run for three, two months, I think it was. So he was entitled to kind of, you know, A, come on for the run, B, be a little bit sharper for a race, you know, running a race of that nature. But he got there absolutely swinging coming down the hill. Your eyes are drawn to him. You think, what the hell's this? Um, but because he put in such a massive effort in the hottest part of the race coming down the hill to, to get himself into a challenging position, it was no great surprise that that run eventually petered out and sort of like the law of physics and science caught up with him. And he ended up in the end getting beaten around about 15 lengths. But, you know, when you consider the horses he beat that day were Frey Darms, Victorino, Bill Baxter, Hitman, Excello, easy as that. And now he's running against horses like Le Lingerie, Riders on the Storm, Fast Book and Do Your Job, who, to be the greatest respect to them, wouldn't be... It wouldn't be entertained in finishing fifth in a in a race of, of that nature at Cheltenham. How this horse is twelve to one, I do not know. I think he should be favourite. <laughs> so, I mean, how, how, how would you pay it? Given you've got uh, what have we got? You've got seven runners, so most firms just two places. You, you just back. Yeah, well, back, 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 back each way. Well, I mean, Labrooks have gone ten to one three places already. Hills have haven't put their prices up, but I'm sure they'll go at least ten, twelve to one, three places. Corals are nine, three places. I mean, it's just like fill your boots there. I mean, he'll definitely be in the first three. Um, and like I said, this is a whole different ball game for running in a, a Cheltenham handicap such as that. I mean, he shouldn't really be in this. It's a veteran's chase. He, he qualifies almost by default, the fact that he's a 10-year-old, but he's clearly better than, than what, what, what most 10-year-olds are capable of running to. Um, and... You know, he's, he's in here off a, off a mark. Did he get dropped the other day? I'm just having a look. Did he get dropped for that run the other day at Cheltenham? Yeah, he, he, went, he went from 130 to 128. So, yeah, I, I, it's just it's just madness that he's he's in a race of this nature. So, yeah, without labouring the point, this horse is he's definitely one of the best bets on the podcast here. Love it. Champagne Mystery, 12 to 1. Um, best price. I've just seen. Bet365, 14 to 1. Although, albeit they are a quarter to two. Um, so maybe you want to back the fourteen to one win only, and then find the other yeah. three places elsewhere. I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd be having, I'd be having a decent punt on at fourteens. You could trade out of that. I guarantee. Whatever price you take now, that that'll be half the odd minimum on Saturday. You, you, you'll be in a really good position. So get on that early if if you can. Love it. Our final race we're going to look at is the Kingmaker. Just three uh, in at this stage. Matata is the four to nine favourite at a Pembroke at three to one. And Borbali twelve to one. Uh, Andy, can you find again Hills going stand out and John's on favourite? Uh, can you make a case for Matata being beat? Um, not really. A lot depends what happens between him and Borbali. I mean, in an ideal world, when you get a front runner like Matata that only has one way of running, you want an uncontested lead primarily. So Borbali, it's probably not as quick as or it's quite as exuberant as Matata. So he probably might just get to the front anyway, but. Bobali's just a bit of a pest that you could do without, I suppose. If if the, if there is a bit of a tactical joust for the lead and he does get softened up, then maybe Pembroke you could see perhaps 
picking up the pieces. He'll be ridden chilly out the back by Tristan Dool. There's no doubt about that. Connections will say, look, have nothing to do with early pace and just stalk them and perhaps try and try and pick up the pieces later on. But even even alone for that, I think you know, if you put this way, if you fancy JPR one for the Arkle and and a lot of people now do, and you could certainly see why because JPR one. All of a sudden, he's, he's well and truly in the mix of the Arkle, given what's happened to the Irish horses. The whole, the whole sort of like aura of, of Marine National bubble's been burst a little bit, and you know the Facile Vegas don't look as good. It, it, it's up for grabs, isn't it, the Arkle? And, and JPR One is he's right in among them, given that he's got track form and he jumped so well. And, and Matata served it up to him at Lingfield last time out. So that's the kind of level we're dealing uh, dealing with here with, with Matata, who himself might even end up running in the Arkham himself if he wins on Saturday. So I'd have to believe that Matata's best form would be good enough to beat the likes of Pembroke and Babale. So no, is the answer. Can't make a case for Matata any beat. Unfortunately, unfortunately not. I tried, I tried to get some of these short <laughs> but you know, and that's my nature. But when, 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 when pushed and asked to try and find something else, then uh, I'm not going to do it for the sake of it. Great stuff, Andy. Thank you very much, for, as ever, for going through your selections uh, at Newbury and at Warwick uh, over the course of Saturday. Really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you do download the odds checker app where you can get Andy's tips as well as the best prices, uh, bookie offers, free bets, and the best place terms uh, all on the app there. We'll be back again next week, so do stay tuned and subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel where you can find plenty more Odds Checker betting shows and Racing Weekly every Monday as well. Uh, enjoy the racing and please do ensure that you gamble responsibly.